0: Good evening. Welcome back. Jody Wilson-Raybould saying she's not going to do it again after being some kind of a hero here to a lot of people in a few parties, actually. Standing up to the prime minister, standing up for the law, for what she said was right, and losing her job. And then running as an independent and winning and sending a message. And now she just says it's too toxic. She's not going to do it. There's got to be a lot of meaning in that, and Jody Wilson-Raybould really being a a stand-in, stand-up person for a lot of people across this country. And I will say, for a lot of female politicians in who donated to her cause, and I know they were not in her party at that time. Joining us as we discuss it, Ken Coates, Monk Senior Fellow at the McDonnell Laurier Institute and a Canadian historian. Ken, welcome. Good evening. Great to be with you. Ken, Jody Wilson-Raybould really stood out. As I said, I mean, I know people in other parties, even elected officials in other parties, who donated to her when she was raising money to defend herself, and now she's making another turn, saying it's just too toxic. How are you looking at this? What, is this, what does this stand for, and, and what, about, what is she leaving behind in her path?
1: So I can only describe myself as a combination of devastated and very, very sad. Uh, mm-hmm. Jody Wilson-Raybo demonstrated that principles have a place in politics, that people of high moral standing who are, are willing to sacrifice uh, power and prestige uh, for doing what's right for the country as a whole uh, can end up being sort of attacked and vilified and marginalized by, their, by the, the very government that made a concerted effort to draw her in. Into the federal cabinet, into the electoral process. So, so this is a really sad day for Canada, because it tells you that, that even with somebody who, who had strong support in her own writing, who had amazing support across the country as a whole, who is internationally renowned for her, her cautious, careful, respectful sort of approach to reconciliation and Indigenous rights, um, has been pushed basically into the ground. And I have nothing but admiration for Jody Wilson-Raybould. I I support entirely her her decision to sort of step down. I would not would not myself want to go through what she has had to go through in in recent recent years. Um, but it does it actually reflects very badly on Canada to put it very simply.
0: And there it is. I mean, a bit of an old story. She doesn't have her job, and the prime minister, who is a he, he's got his job. Uh, What does it say about Canadians and perhaps more specifically this particular prime minister?
1: Well, I mean, I think the whole matter in which he treated Jodie wilson rabel speaks very, very poorly about prime minister Trudeau. Um, I think he handled her uh, with a lack of respect, Mm -hmm. uh, with a lack of integrity and a lack of decency from the very beginning. And the fact that he is still there uh, speaks volumes uh, to how the rest of the country deals with uh with this scandal uh, deals with his mistreatment of a very powerful and very influential indigenous woman um and many other times in our past, it would have been resulted in the prime minister being forced to step down or a government losing mm-hmm. it, losing its its hold on office uh, it didn't do those this time around, but I think Canadians need to think very carefully. About what that says. Uh, remember, that Jane Philpott also lost her seat, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and Jane Philpott was one of the most uh, accomplished of you all it. of the liberal cabinet ministers in the first term. She was a, she was and is a remarkable human being, and she'd been extremely successful in the job that she was doing. and And she she could have easily stayed there. The rest of her the rest of her cabinet colleagues just stayed in office and didn't say a thing. They didn't say a whisper. Um, and and I thought that the loss of Jane Philpott, the fact that she wasn't elected, said made me sad. The fact that Jody was re-elected made me happy uh, because I thought maybe there's hope here, and I was going into this possible election election season that runs ahead of us and thought, you know, having Jody run for a third time and I hope she doesn't mind me using her her, her first name. because is <laughs> a, a, a a friend, um, and 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 she, you know, if she'd run a third time, you would have had a chance to say, you know, highly principled people do have a place in in Parliament. Uh, instead, what you're being told by, by Jody, and she is one of the strongest people I know, by the way. Uh, anybody who dare suggest that she's a, a weak and she should have she's mm-hmm. running away or anything like that is utter nonsense. She's powerful. Uh, she's going to have ten times the influence of any cabinet minister outside of government, or any, and a hundred times the influence of your average average member of Parliament when she steps outside. Um, you know, she's not. She's not. She's not a coward. Uh, She's just realized that fighting within Parliament is, a, is not a way to actually make a constructive change in this country. And what a terrible sign that is. I mean, you if you don't mind it. Putting, uh, making a connection here,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, you know, uh, Catherine uh, McCullen has also stepped yeah. down. Catherine, uh, uh, you know, who was uh, the former Minister of the Environment, a Minister of Infrastructure. And, and I found this so ironic. You know, she said, oh, I'm going to step down. I understand the part about being with her family uh, so that she can fight for climate change. So she's a cabinet minister with re- responsibilities in areas that overlap with the climate, who was formerly the environment minister, and says, basically, I'm going to leave the federal cabinet mm. so I can fight for climate change. And you think, wow, what is It's true. What it says is, I think, that's yep. what Jody, Jody Wilson Rainbow would say as well. Abs- Absolutely, but it's devastating. I mean, what it is, is.
0: And what does it say what about our government, say, Ken? Our and what does it say about our government? And we could be heading into the polls. This is This going to hang like a stain at all, in your opinion.
1: So, so here's, here's the thing I worry about the most. Mm. I think this will have no impact on the electoral success <laughs> of the Liberal Party of Canada. And I think that will speak volumes to a country that does not understand parliamentary democracy, that does not understand politics, that whose interest in the future of this country is a mile wide and a quarter of an inch deep and basically says, what will you put in my own pocket? Um, I think in fact, we have an existential crisis in this country where our political process has lost its authority, its moral strength, um, and its value. And and if you've got a situation where the Jane Philpots and the Catherine McLaughlin's of the world and and the the, the Jordy Wilson-Raybos are outside of office, Five years ago, those were three of the most influential and powerful women we've ever had in this country. And we had three of them stepping aside, uh, all out of the Liberal Party, uh, because they could not deal with this government. But, but you know, the, the electors in Jane Pilpot's writing turned her down. Um, Jody Wilson-Raybould won really only because her the writing had three other strong candidates, and they sort of divided up, and she didn't win by very much. You know, so, so actually, I, I'm very... Somber today, and I've been very somber for for about a year or so now, because quite frankly, the issue here is no longer the government. The issue is no longer Prime Minister Trudeau. Prime Minister Trudeau is an open mm-hmm. book. I mean, good it's gracious Canadians, Canadian
0: voters every
1: day. It is it is Canadian voters, mm-hmm. and it is a media that lets them off a the hook way way mm-hmm. too often. Um, and it's a lack of. Quite frankly, I think it's a lack of respect for Canada, and and because a country is only as strong as its institutions. And we now have a situation where the House of Commons and the parliamentary process has been rendered largely powerless. We know that the prime minister's office runs most everything. Uh, The cabinet ministers have almost disappeared. We have a minister of defense with any government in the last half century would have been kicked out of office months and months, if not years ago, still hanging on for goodness knows what political reason. And, And you look at those sort of patterns and you think, and the country as a whole is just sitting back and wondering when they get to go to the bar and go to the baseball game. And and I would despair about a country that cares so little about its parliamentary processes.
0: Yeah, there's apathy here. You know, a final question. We often compare ourselves to the United States. We've been, there's been some concern that what's happening in the United States, which has its own version of what you're talking about, is worrisome. Canadians getting as um, I always say a bit chuffed with ourselves that we're this and we're that. Can is this another wake up call? I mean, we have a, a prime minister who would, may be reelected unscathed after what we've seen unfold, saying he's a feminist prime minister, but three strong, extraordinarily accomplished women had to leave and. And and there is the silence within. There's always been a concern, you know, about the party whip and not being able to to really uh, speak your mind if you're an elected person. And now it seems to be before us. And as you say, do Canadians really care about principle? Do they care about those things?
1: I I don't see any evidence that they do, which is unfair because obviously lots do. Uh, lots of people do care. They're just not going to vote for the Liberal Party, but they're fragmented in other parties in some ways. You asked about a wake-up call. So here's the analogy. Basically, what happens is what we've got is a situation where the alarm does not go off. You, I'm sure you've had a situation in your life where you set the alarm to catch an airplane or go mm-hmm. to work or some day, and the alarm doesn't work that particular day. We're in a country where the alarms don't work. So the alarm bells are ringing like crazy. They're just not, not We're not hearing them. <laughs> Um, and so we're setting alarms all the time. And and every one of those ones, you know, the, the situation of the defense minister, uh, Sajjan, um is one that, good gracious, you know, not managing sexual harassment in the military repeatedly and you're still in office? Unbelievable. Literally unbelievable.
0: And, and, especially, and especially with the branding, the branding of, of this liberal party. Well, thank you, Ken. I'm going to have to say goodbye, but thank you kindly for joining us. It was great to have your analysis. Thanks a lot. Sure. Okay. Great. Good Ken, to talk Ken to you by now. Ken Coates, Monk, Senior Fellow at McDonald Laurier Institute and Canadian historian. I'm Arlene Bonin. Short break on point. Global news radio.